Ever feel like somebody's watching you? Well, more and more, they are. As we get going into today's surveillance-based topic, remember, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they aren't after you. Maintaining a work-life balance keeps getting harder, but it doesn't have to. This is The Big Balance, a podcast for anyone struggling to stay ahead or even just keep up with work, life, and everything in between. Join us each week for practical advice you can actually apply to get a little sanity back in your day. Ignore the little beeping you're going to hear in the beginning of my, not even beep, it's little taps. I had the metronome on. Metronome? What do you got with the metronome? I just, it, it defaults to having the metronome on and I then I turn it off. What defaults to having a metronome on? My recording software. Well, I mean, you could always do like an iambic pentameter kind of speaking pattern and keep it on. No chance. No? No chance. No, right. I would never, that, that sounds awful. <laughs> I'm going to try to do that one of these recordings. Anyway, all right, let's, let's, let's get <laughs> Don't go- recommend it. Let's put yeah. it that way. <laughs> let's get going with today's recording, right? Yes, That's I'm about ready I, now. pretty iambic. All right, I'm going to start today with yet another bone I have to pick with you, John, uh, about another digital evil you've brought into my life. Oh boy, what is it? So last week we delved into gaming, talking really specifically about when and how it could become a problem. And during that episode, John, you mentioned some gamer lingo. Do you remember what that was? I think I do because you 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 texted me earlier in the week specifically about this. Was it was it tweak or squeakers? Squeakers. I almost said tweakers. That's something completely different. <laughs> squeakers. I looked up this term after we were done recording, and I went down just this giant YouTube rabbit hole oh. <laughs> uh, on these videos. It was Call of Duty, which I think was what you had said. That's that's probably what I was referencing. I'm pretty sure that's what I was referencing. The vast range of just raw, unbridled emotions that these kids, these squeakers go through in the span of minutes <laughs> is insane. It's just so much. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's Here's the thing, though, I guess as a a bit of a mea culpa, all right? At first, I'm watching these videos like, I don't know, like a a Jerry Springer-esque form of entertainment. But here's the thing. Some of these kids are having legit mental breakdowns, like real maladjusted youth vibes, and it's not healthy. I And and I can relate as as somebody who was a teenager playing video games in an online fashion— there's just this emotional response to the game that you're playing, especially when you feel like you've been slighted, which is what most of these squeakers are, are going through. They feel like the game is ripping them off or, or putting them at a disadvantage. Here's the issue for me, though. A lot of the people that are, are egging these kids on aren't themselves kids. Like, I can tell from the voice. It's like grown-ass men. Yeah, it's like adult dudes just egging on I don't know, like 12-year-olds and just having them have a mental breakdown and crying and recording it and posting it on YouTube for for the likes, for the hashtags and the pound signs and the whatever else, you, the subscribes. And, and you're contributing to it because you're watching the content. And I'm contributing to it. Yeah, if, if by watching it, if it has ads in it, I'm financially supporting it too. It, it feels bad. 
And that's all I'm trying to say. So this is me apologizing to the squeakers for for taking well, it joy. Like in. you had an eventful week. Yeah, I did. But today's episode tangentially related, in as much as it's a technology related theme again. And I would call that a semi-recurring topic for us, which is to say, we talk about it somewhat often, but honestly, not as much as I figured we would. It's kind of a big element of our work and our lives. Today, we're delving back into the potential dystopian hellscape of the future, brought to you in the name of Office Efficiency. Ooh, I like it. How's that for an intro? Technology moves quickly. I think we all take that as a given. But I don't think many people realize just how quickly technological change happens compared to the change in everything else in our lives. Exhibit A, the speed of innovation for monitoring employee behavior has only gotten faster as remote work became the white collar norm. Yet many people don't even realize that their employers are capable of monitoring them. Could come as a big shock when you think about how much of a hot commodity our privacy is becoming. That's it. That's it. Short and sweet. That's it. <laughs> I like the idea of it coming out of the topic and just go, that's it. I'm done. That's, that's the whole episode. You get seven minutes of us shooting the shit, <laughs> a minute and a half of which is us. I actually have seen some, po- I, I don't know how, how legit they are, if they're even a long-term thing. I've seen some podcasts that are like five-minute shows, and it's weird to me. It's like... Well, I guess it's it's interesting. It's like a quick hit kind of thing. You start your day with like a thoughtful question or, or statement to kind of chew on mentally as you're getting ready for work. I guess that makes sense. I mean, I, sure. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't have a strong feeling. I, I mean, five minutes, I that's enough time for me to be actively engaged and then lose interest. So I guess yeah. it's doing the trick. Well, this is what gets me uh, about some shows that do this. They they might not be a five-minute show, but they'll maybe be a 20-minute show, but with only five actual minutes of content. They'll start off with a pre-recorded ad at the beginning, put it in the middle, put it on the end, and they'll also have host-read things in the middle, too. And after every one of these breaks, they'll reintroduce themselves, their names, the names of the podcast, what the podcast is all about. It's like with all this stuff going on... Five minutes of content, 15 minutes of stuff around it. And I I don't know how you get into it when that's the show. That's all to say that, yeah, if anybody wants a commercial or an ad spot, yeah, we're. Oh, I'll totally sell out, though. Yeah. No, we're your group. (laughs) I'm not against that. And just as a reminder, my name's John, and this is Brian, and this is the Big Balance Podcast, right? We, we don't always do that anymore, really. No. I, but I, I assume my fame precedes me. <laughs> that's, that's basically what I'm going to be doing for the rest of the episode now, though. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. No, it's... Uh, anyway, my company got a new piece of software recently that I'm not too excited for. Anybody who uses Outlook in the office knows you can use it to see the calendar availability of anyone who grants you access. And I have mixed feelings here, too. It can be great for scheduling a meeting with a dozen or so people. Uh, You don't have to go around individually asking for their availability. You can just go in and see it. It was part of our onboarding to grant access to certain people on your team. So, yeah. Well, this new software takes that a step further, opening up your calendar to people uh, outside your company. So clients or third-party service providers. And it gives these people the ability to reschedule meetings around the open spots in your calendar. 
Now, I know this won't matter to anybody out there listening who doesn't have these types of really scheduled client interactions, but John, I know you do these kind of things too, so let me stop and get your reaction. I'm already rolling my eyes. If you could see me right now, it's it's a big eye roll here. Yeah, it's insane to me. I, I don't like it. And the saving grace is it's, it's not a mandatory bit of software, at least right now that I'm aware of, but it could very easily become mandatory. I could see it being a staple in my office, anybody's office. Now, if anybody out there listening can't personally relate to this because they don't have those kind of client interactions and they don't necessarily associate with John's eye roll, I have a related example that I bet you can. So I want to kick off this discussion with an article I saw titled, Workers are using mouse movers so they can use the bathroom in peace. Now, let's take a step back, I don't know, like 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Nobody reading up on the topic of office work would ever imagine this would be a headline they'd read about concerns in the office, right? It just, to me, echoes stories of the despair pods from the Amazon workers who are peeing in water bottles, right? Like I said, it's a dystopian hellscape in the name of efficiency. Yeah, no, you're right. So let's dumb this down and talk about what I call the green dot, yellow dot game. And I'm pretty sure anybody who works in an office plays this game. When you work as a digitally enabled human being, that means you have a mouse moving, you have a keyboard typing, and that's the activity at your job, right? When you're doing these things... Your online status and your chat or your your email, whatever unified communications platform you're on, has this happy little green dot showing you're a busy little bee churning out that digital honey in the great decentralized hive that we're all part of, whether working from home or in an office. But if that mouse stops moving or if that keyboard stops typing, a little time goes by, a little too much time, and that happy little green dot turns yellow. And when that happens, existential panic ensues. Hey, does my boss see that I'm idle? So even if you're legitimately taking a break, go ahead and give that mouse a little bit of a jiggle. You know, turn that turn that yellow light to green again while you're eating your lunch. John, have you played this game? So I have two things that I want to call out right here. Um, calling it unified communications as a solution anymore. Like, like that's that's what the official term is. And to me, it is just such a corporate buzzword right now it is, and i yeah, it hate is. it so i'm so glad that you said that <laughs> uh second i call it the dj game so basically i just i move my like trackpad real quick and i'm just going wicka wicka oh, like you're scratching yep, exactly like the the record scratching <laughs> but i have a really great story of a coworker of mine at a, at a previous firm who went to pretty pretty extreme measures to make sure that their status was always available even when they were themselves very much unavailable. And I'm not advocating for this at all, but this person had a solution to that green dot, yellow dot game that you're describing. Brian, do you have any idea of what that solution was? I'm curious to see (sighs) what your, 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 your take is on that. I have seen some crazy solutions here. This could be an episode in and of itself. Some are clearly jokes. Others are are pretty real strategies. It's actually kind of amazing the amount of ingenuity people have demonstrated here. I saw one guy attach his mouse to a rotating fan, so it made these like slow, sweeping arcs. That's not too bad. This one was a little bit more practical, and I think probably something that eh, most people could pull off. 
he had a very heavy stapler, opened a Word document, and just put the stapler down on his keyboard, and it just continually was going... There with, you go. Uh, <laughs> just typing into a random document. So his status always showed his green. Now, I asked him, what would you do if this was a, a during when we use Skype? What would you do if somebody Skyped you? Because a lot of the times it just defaults to popping up and it supersedes anything that you're doing. So if somebody Skyped you, would they just be showing that <laughs> Joe Blow is typing right now, like responding to you? He would do it when he was out golfing, which I, nice. again, I'm not advocating for, but I'm not mad about it. The problem is what if the chat actually pops up and it starts entering that to the person that messaged you like, hey, Larry, I want to get your thoughts on this contract. And their response is just, hmm. It just, like it just constantly <laughs> showed as, as Joe Blow is typing, I would assume, right? It's like, wow, Joe is really, really worked up about this contract. He's just not stopping. <laughs> he really, he's really into this project. That's a good one. I like it. Uh, there's some others I've seen that are fun, too. I've seen a video of people using treadmills, like you tie your mouse to a string and take it for a long walk on a treadmill. That is a whole extra level of work that you're just it's, putting onto it's it. It's a lot, Just pop a yeah. coffee mug on your laptop or something. It'll work. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some good strategies out there, too, if one were so inclined to consider these good ideas. Uh, there's better solutions from the tech side and the basically programs you can get or if you're tech savvy enough to code yourself that sense inactivity after a shorter span of time than these other programs do when it sees you're inactive it gives you a little auto mouse jiggle to keep you from falling into that yellow dot territory i i I mean yeah it doesn't surprise me there's there's a fix for every problem i guess anymore now, fighting fire with fire using these tech solutions to counter tech surveillance, it's not always an option. Installing software on company property, generally considered a no-no. Uh, I'm certainly not smart enough to code it myself, but I'm also not weird enough to Rube Goldberg my way into some fan-slash-treadmill contraption either. Luckily, there are some other tips and tricks out there. One I've heard... Uh, if your office is one that uses Microsoft Teams, is to just install and leave the Teams app open on your phone. I, I guess that marks you as permanently green. So I don't know if that's 100% true because I, I, I do have Teams on my phone and I know there are certain times so where my laptop is closed. Ah, But then again, I can't validate this, but I always thought that you had to actively be on teams for it to show as green like you had to have the teams app open i could be wrong here but if if that's the case man i've been doing it wrong i I didn't even need to worry about it see look how in-depth this green dot yellow dot game can get you know there's plenty of theory and strategy here and it's it's all around something that really when you get down to it is insanely trivial Uh, i don't know how much it really matters that our dot is green for 95 percent of the time artificially versus uh, a more natural 85%, for example. And that's where I disagree, because I have played the green dot, yellow dot game. Uh, potentially, maybe clients are in a different time zone at some points, and we're expected to necess- not necessarily be available, but to be you know, somewhat available, we'll say. So if it's something to where I can put the best version of myself forward, <laughs> meaning, oh, it looks like John is available at 730. No, I'm, I'm not. 
But if there's a certain project that I'm working on that maybe necessitates that extra availability, I've played the game. I've played that corporate schmooze. <laughs> schmoozer. Remember that schmoozer, dude? Schmoozer. That was the Rage Quit episode whenever that was. We need to get better about heralding back to, you know, talking back to old episodes, get people listening. I actually really enjoy doing Rage Quit. I want to do another one of those episodes again. We should do another Rage Quit, but folks, to pull the curtain back a little bit here... We're already at the point now where to we're hearkening back to old episodes and we couldn't even tell you the number of what it is. So take that. With, with, we don't even have that yeah, many. But whatever that means, it means that we've been doing this long enough now that we're, <laughs> hey, we can't even keep track of it, man. We're, we're so deep into it. We're up to our neck in this stuff. Well, long story short, Green Dot, Yellow Dot game is what I would call, I guess, the bare minimum of corporate oversight. Right, We're all used to feeling that brief moment of dread if we hit yellow that our boss will see it when really they likely don't ever. Uh, but let's talk about all the ways that companies can keep track of what we're doing in a much more systematic way. There's automated activity reporting. So not somebody watching that green dot, but your computer doing it and then logging it and sending it to your boss chat or email or voice logging and analysis too so checking not just how actively you are in communicating but also analyzing what it is you're saying or typing to gauge the tone of what you're saying uh, and then there's forced screen sharing that's a thing too where someone can be watching what's going on on your monitor real time without you knowing it i think a lot of people's first foray here is uh, if you've ever had a remote it help desk session there's software that lets them obviously see what you're doing and interact with your mouse and keyboard now there's a little note that pops up saying that they're doing it they don't have to have that it's not a requirement of the software and then finally the creepiest, the potential for always-on cameras, too. It's a, a very technologically possible for an organization to access your camera without you ever being aware. And that was actually a big to-do in a school district a number of years ago, where students' cameras were being accessed without them knowing at home. Yeah, I don't want to get into the ethics or the moral conundrum surrounding that, but when we sign on for these corporate jobs that require us to have company property or a laptop, we're basically signing that right away every time we log on to our laptop. So I don't think there's anything we can really do as individuals or employees to really fix that from the inside. But that, I, I don't want to call it a defeatist attitude because I don't think it is. I think you're playing with the cards you're dealt. But yeah, being real. Yeah, but the acceptance is what I think is the real problem. Okay, so do I like heavy-handed monitoring? No. Am I worried about it increasing? Yes. But the bigger problem is this tacit acceptance and really normalization that, hey, this is just the way it is, whether it should be or not. And I want to talk about that a little bit more after a quick break. I know we have the second half to get through now, but I, I did think of one more thing that fits better in the first half. So everybody pretend that you didn't hear the, the break music yet. I realized a crazy truth in this whole work from home thing. That is, I actually get more FaceTime with coworkers now than I did when I was in the office. And what I mean by that is a few higher ups in my company are pretty insistent that cameras stay on during calls. So if I have a quick need and I call somebody, 
it's becoming uh, kind of ingrained that we're looking at each other while talking. Well, back when I was in the office, actually in a physical space with that person, I wasn't going down to their desk to see them. I would just pick up the phone in a non-video capacity. So somehow I have less FaceTime when I'm actually live with somebody than I do now working from home. I think that comes down to personal preference because I am very much, well, you're only a floor above me. I'm just going to go walk up the stairs and ask you if I if I see that you're green. Again, playing the green, yellow, red, for that matter, game. If I see that you're available, odds are likely I'm just going to pop up and do the Hey there, how you doing? You know, like the Lumberg from Office Space. So maybe that says more about me than it does about you that I'm associating myself with Lumberg, but uh, (laughs) we're not going to go down that. Again. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) All right, getting back into it now, going into the the second half in earnest. So there are all these tech-enabled forms of employee monitoring out there. And as bad as they are, the bigger issue to me is the normalization of their very existence. Maybe I'm making a, I don't know, useless callback to halcyon days before my bosses could even do this, but I don't think I ever really felt like I was under a microscope until pretty recently, and I'm shocked that many people are okay with it. And case in point, hey, maybe I do have some blank spaces on my calendar. That doesn't mean I'm not working on things at that time, and it doesn't mean you have free reign to pencil me in for yet one more meeting. I don't feel like I've ever needed to say that before, you know, because a decade ago, nobody had that level of access to where it could even be an issue. And to put it a different way, I feel like the default used to be asking somebody, hey, do you have some time to talk? And that default shifting dramatically, I think, to something more along the lines of, hey, why aren't you available at this time to talk? Maybe people out there would disagree that that's a significant change in verbiage, but I think it really is. Some people are very calendar driven, I guess is what I'll call it. They live by their calendar, and if it's open, you can put anything on there. I know some folks who are like, well, you have access to my calendar, throw something on there, whereas I'm very much... Why don't we coordinate a time that works best? Because I don't necessarily block off my calendar 100% of the time with every single task that I'm doing. So what you're describing there, Brian, is a bit, I guess, invasive from my perspective. And, And I struggle with that because sometimes things do come up. I like to leave blocks open. You and I know very well that I would say, hey, you free right now? Let's get on the line and talk about this project. Next, you know, 45 minutes go by, but we accomplished a lot. But I couldn't do that if I was so calendar driven the way that you're describing, you know, some of these clients may be. Well, that's what I mean. I think we're moving to this available until proven busy mindset and we're not the masters of our own time anymore. Our calendar is the master or our our visible availability status is the master. I'll push the same thing I always push. It's agency, right? Having agency is important in our job. And this is just one more way that we're losing that agency in the workplace. No, you're totally right. And one thing that I, I guess, take a moral stance against is the assumption that... You're very morally focused today, by the way. I am. That's probably the third time that I've said that. So, you know, screw me, right? But I think I may take a stance in the sense that we don't necessarily need to have this software that you're describing, Brian, because how hard is it to send an email saying, what's your day look like? Or do you have availability tomorrow to chat through this? Right? 
is that is that so hard? Because then it gives both of us the agency to decide what time works best for both of us. Honestly, the only time I think it can be hard to wrangle calendars is, hey, if I need to get a full dozen senior leaders on a single call on short notice, yeah, that can be tough and this can be helpful. Outside of that, which is something that doesn't happen very often for me, I think you're right. Me reaching out and asking you for your time, not trying to dictate what you do with it, has an innate sense of respect in my mind. But when you commoditize it, well, now John's time is essentially a product on a shelf that I could just check out through an app. Well, that's going to reduce the human element of our interaction, and it reduces the value of you and your time. Reverse side of the coin here, what you're describing as far as the client having access to your calendar because you're in the consultant role, how would the client like it if their peers had access in the oh, same God. way? Yeah. So, right? It's, it's not cool. Oh, how the turntables. No, they wouldn't. But again, if somebody feels like they're buying a product, there isn't necessarily that need for mutual respect anymore. So that's one thing I have a problem with when it comes to this normalization. And another is we know we're being watched and we're getting more and more okay with it. So let's go back to green dot, yellow dot. We all feel it. We all get it. But 10 years ago, before these platforms were even really available, if you told younger Brian he was going to even care in the slightest if his computer went idle for a couple minutes, he'd look at you like you were crazy. But now we accept it. 10 years ago, I was in my first real job, we'll call it, a job that lasted me well throughout college and there on after. Uh, the idea that they would be watching or monitoring anything I was doing would just be absurd to me <laughs> just because of the type of freedom that that job gave me. Uh, there's no way they were keeping tabs on me. I was 19 years old in college. Yeah, it's just kind of the nature of the beast when you hire somebody my age. But I think I have a question for you, Brian, is how much do you think our organizations are actually monitoring our activity, our keystrokes? Do you think they're watching every single time I go on Google Chrome to look up an article or something like that? I, I want to get your take on that. I think on one hand, that's going to really depend on what industry we're in. And as an example, I had a client that was a government defense contractor. When they issued me my laptop, the message was really clear that that was going to be a pretty locked down device and pretty controlled because they had so many requirements as a defense contractor. So really from there, just work your way down the line. I'd assume that any orgs that are really tightly regulated, say healthcare companies that deal with personally identifiable information uh, or accounting firms that deal with publicly traded companies that have to be very transparent, also have this kind of stuff in place already. But that's also a really logical way to answer your question. And I don't think logic always prevails in the workplace. <laughs> if someone has a boss that likes to power trip or that likes to be seen and felt by their subordinates, I don't care whether it's a government contractor or a cake shop. If they want to monitor you, they'll do it. So I guess for anyone out there wondering, is my boss watching me? Think about who your boss has shown themselves to be through their actions. Uh, have they been the type to micromanage you or shown signs of mistrust towards you? If so, I'd err on the side of assuming that they either have or will get this kind of software soon. I guess the thing that kind of muddies it a little bit 
is the idea that we link our Google Chrome. I'm going to use Google Chrome as my example here just because it's what I use as my browser. Uh, most of my client-issued laptops or my uh, my work laptops, whatever you want to call it, you know, any equipment that I'm using has Google Chrome pre-installed on there, and it's usually the browser of choice. Well, more often than not, I sync it up with my personal Google Chrome browser just because that's where everything's linked to. I have my favorites set, all of that. Well, if I'm looking something up on my phone, it shows in my history on my desktop whether I'm doing it on my desktop or not. So I guess it begs the question of how uh. detailed these tracking things are because if you're going to just go to my search history or my Google Chrome history, odds are likely at least once every hour I'm doing some type of you know just quick Googling on my phone that may not be work-related. So if you're going to use that as a reference or anything like that, probably not the best metric to gauge it on. I will say, however, that that may come up in some type of reprimand or performance review or some type of probationary uh, you know, response. It'll be reactive when you're not performing well. So it may come up when you don't want it to come up, I guess. Well, first and foremost, I personally never link any of my personal accounts to any professional device ever. Right. I, I assume my job can see it. I assume my manager can consider it when reviewing me. And honestly, and this might be a bit paranoid, but I assume anybody with malicious intent and capability could compromise it in the case of things like financial information if you're doing any shopping. So, no, I'd say don't, full stop. But minimally, you know, putting that doom and gloom aside for a second, this all just feels very handholdy to me. It's it feels like management sees it as their job to be a company-level natty state, even if there's no good reason. And I'd say the majority of times, there is no good reason. Company leadership 50 years ago didn't have the tools, and the world didn't burn down then because of it, right? Things kept on trucking. Actually, let's look a bit more recent than 50 years. Going back to the early 2000s, for me, when I got my first job as a janitor, my boss essentially told me, hey, go clean windows. And by the end of the week or the end of the month, you should hit this many windows. And even that feels like a level of freedom just unheard of today. As adults, it feels crazy that I have less autonomy and trust from leadership now than I did as an idiot jerk kid cleaning up dirt and grime. And I, I feel like I keep using the word crazy and I need to find a better one, but there it is. It, it feels crazy we've gone this far in watching people and being watched. And not only that, we feel like everything's fine. Everything's normal about that. Crazy is your word this episode, morals mine. So at least we yeah, each have Yeah, morally more. crazy. Let's, let's call this morally crazy. I will say, however, though, there is a there is a small part of me that's probably it's probably the consultant part of me. I say I put on my consultant hat or my consultant brain to where I hear, man, there's probably so many inefficiencies in that process by giving you <laughs> a milestone for the end of the month when we're working on a week by week, day by day basis. <laughs> well, I'll counter your consulting hat with my own. If you're spending more money managing something than the thing itself costs or the value that thing produces, odds are you're taking a penny-wise and pound-foolish approach anyway, right? The proof of the pudding is ever and always in the eating. And if you have a team of people who are getting the job done, I don't care whether the scope is a day, a week, a month, whatever. Why does all the tracking even matter at that point? 
I don't care if somebody hits this or that vanity metric. I care about whether or not the sausage is being made and the customer's happy. Who cares about any other ancillary stuff? And this this probably says more about me than it does about the way that that setup was to where I want to have that level of control to at least have some type of weekly check-in to make sure you're on track because I don't want to come week three and we have six days left for you to get done half of the windows. So the problem here is you're not drawing a line between the concept of people management and one of surveillance. Those are two very different things. I'm not saying that there should be no tracking and people management in a company. I'm saying I don't think it needs to go to the point of constant surveillance. I think at the end of the day, if you have people that you trust that you know can get the job done because you hired them for their skill set, you shouldn't need that surveillance. You, you can people manage them, you can lead them, but you don't need to surveil. And honestly, if you can't hire the right people or you can't train the people you already have or regardless, you feel like you can never trust them, well, that speaks more to your inability as a people manager than it does to the people under you, at least in my opinion. I think a conversation for another day. We're going down yeah. a rabbit hole that it probably says more about me than it does about your first job. So yep. we are getting pretty long into this one. So let's wrap up. Uh, and I do have some Springer style final thoughts just for this purpose. So began the episode with a Springer reference and we're going to end it the same way. Oh man. So I'm saying, <laughs> I'm letting you know, I watched the, I watched daytime television like that more recently. Ooh, bad look for me. <laughs> as long as you had your mask on a treadmill or jig, as long as you were jiggling, <laughs> as long as you were jiggling somehow. Yeah. As long as I was playing the DJ yeah, game. DJ. I like the DJ game. I like that idea. Uh, but anyway, so how big of a deal is all of this really? feels bad thinking that we're always being watched, and it feels worse that there are potential disciplinary actions on the line as well. But the bigger issue for me is this. The more we measure and quantify employee time, the more we're commoditizing and turning it into a product. The more like a product our time becomes, the more employers might feel like they own it. For anybody fighting to draw a thick line between work and life, this should be a concern. Now, which way are we going to go here? Are we going to continue productizing our time, making that free time an open book for anybody who asks? Or will we turn a corner, the way Portugal did, and start regulating that line in the sand? I don't have an answer, but I do know what the result of collective inaction will be, and it could be grim. I'll leave off on that cheery note and say thank you once again for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Wow, that was yeah, that was Jerry's final thought right there. Right? Brian's final thought. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I scripted that. I hope it read. Oh, well. anybody listening? Yeah, Brian scripted. Thanks for listening to the Big Balance Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and drop us a comment while you're there. Until next time. That sounds awful.